Good morning, everyone. Am I audible? <laughs> yes, great. Great to be uh, with you here. Anyone who doesn't know me, my name is David Edmonton. Uh, this morning, our theme is the cost of discipleship. We will be reviewing um, the Old Testament um, people of faith or heroes of faith that Anna's just uh, given us the reading from. Then moving on to the New Testament, looking at the early chapters of Luke's gospel as relevant to the cost of discipleship, and then coming to the first reading that we had this morning. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you'll guide us by your Spirit. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to us through your word today. And help us to apply that to our lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So chapter 11, the book of Hebrews. And what a great book, chapter it is. Reviewing all these amazing people of faith in Old Testament times. They were people who looked to God. Figuratively speaking, they looked up to God. And they heard what God was saying and they applied it, and then they put it into action, and they, were, and they led very often teams of people, as Kevin referred to at the beginning of the prayer, just as the army went round Jericho, which is referred to that reading. They were often team leaders, and they were people who kept going back, looking to God, listening for his guidance, at discerning it, and going forward. We started with Moses. Prince of Egypt, as he was originally. And there, there was a, an advert for a film, and many films have been made about these heroes of faith over the years. So Moses had a privileged position, but he heard God's call, and he gave up. He was someone who heard what God was saying to move away from the privilege, the wealth, the position he had to serve God and help his people. Initially, that led him to the wilderness, and he became a shepherd for many years. And possibly a word for us today, there may well be times when we're following God, when we may seem to be in a wilderness situation and waiting for God to take us on to do new things. So he had given up, but as night follows the day, we can be sure that God has a plan for us, and he had that plan for Moses, and he called him miraculously through the burning bush and spoke to him. And God explained to Moses that he was going to be a pivotal part of God's plan to rescue his people who were slaves in Egypt. Moses had his doubts about that. If we want to have this spend this afternoon having a flick through the book of Exodus, we can be reminded about some of those doubts. First doubt was, would Herod take any notice of him? And second doubt was about his communication skills or his lack of communication skills, his lack of eloquence. But God was patient with him. And he ensured him, and in the end, he agreed that Aaron, his brother, could be the main spokesperson before Pharaoh. So Moses went before Pharaoh. There were miracles, as you see on the slide there. Snakes appeared miraculously. And subsequently, there were the other amazing things that happened in Egypt. 
And then later on, that culminated for the freeing of the people from Egypt and the amazing, miraculous parting of the Red Sea. We are told that, that Moses um, regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead for his reward. In the short term, that was the freeing of the people of Israel from Egypt, the time in the desert, another long time, and but the heavenly perspective looking ultimately to Jesus coming to this world as saviour. So a godly perspective as Moses as a member of faith. The writer goes on to describe other people of faith and we are told that their weakness was turned to strength. And that reminds me of the, the, the verse that St. Paul wrote uh, when he complained uh, to God about his thorn in the, f- the flesh. And when the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, my strength is made perfect in weakness. So these people in Old Testament times, as referred to in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, were people of weaknesses, but by God's grace and his spirit working, they gave glory to God. Then the latter part of that reading that Anne just read to us, we hear of others who were tortured, imprisoned, killed in awful ways, became destitute, and how they suffered and how great the cost was of their discipleship. So a challenge to us today to think of others who are suffering for their faith and suffering in this world. And it is absolutely right that we particularly remember people in Ukraine at this time with all the suffering we're seeing on our TVs now. But many other people around the world are suffering for their faith. If we look at a magazine like this, say from the Barnabas Fund, there's a lot of encouragement here, how people are being blessed in situations of of, um, opposition and downright persecution. In the prayer bulletin um, here, Through Lent, there's an an A to Z of countries of the world, starting with Afghanistan and asking for daily prayer for these countries. So let us remember, as well as ourselves, the cost of discipleship for ourselves, and let us remember the wider church and faithfully support them in our prayers. So we'll now move on to the New Testament. We'll consider first... Jesus' earthly family will consider Jesus himself and the disciples and what the cost of discipleship meant for them. In Christ, at Christmas time, we often think of the Christmas story of the Virgin Mary, about how she was troubled by the words of the angel, but she was obedient to, to, to the angel. She bore Jesus And there was a cost for her, but she gave glory to God in her song, as we read near the beginning of Luke's gospel. Subsequently, she and Joseph went on to Bethlehem, and there was a great cost traveling pregnancy, giving birth to Jesus in the terrible squalor of an oriental 
oriental stable, but there was the glory of God revealed to the angels. Later on, Joseph and Mary had to go into exile into Egypt, a time to think of refugees, which we are doing very much at the moment with all, with the, all the refugees having to leave Ukraine in these days. So Jesus and his earthly family experienced that. After that, in Luke's gospel, another member of Jesus' family, uh, his cousin, John the Baptist, who brought great blessing as the first prophet for hundreds of years. But he faced um, um, his, uh, a great cost. He was put into prison and ultimately came to um, a terrible death as well. Then Jesus himself, his public ministry started with temptations in the desert. Jesus was tempted and we will be tempted too as the part of our discipleship. In earlier life, I knew a vicar who used to like to say, after the blessing comes the attack. A vicar known also to, to Rob here in Leeds many years ago, and that is very true. He's right. When God is working, we are likely to suffer the attack. But I would also say that positively before the blessings, the attack can come as well. So we are to expect the temptations to, um, to, uh, to come uh, as Jesus experienced. And rapidly after that, Jesus experienced rejection. He went um, to Nazareth, he preached there, and they took offense at him, and the crowd took him to, or chased him to the edge of a cliff, and it was their wish to push him over that cliff. But his time had not come to leave this world. And miraculously, just as the waters of the Red Sea parted, Jesus was able to walk through that crowd. So a word for us about rejection. People of other faiths will often or almost certainly face, face rejection when they come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And we should be remembering them and praying for them. But closer to home, some of us may have lost friends when we become Christians. And if we think of our young people in the schools, when they become followers of Jesus, they can lose friends, they can, they can be rejected, and they can also face verbal criticism from their peers. So let us remember and pray for them as well just as Jesus was criticized uh, by the Pharisees. So let's us pray and remember them too. Then we come to the disciples. Jesus taught the disciples what to expect as they followed him. He once said to a potential disciple, foxes have holes, but the birds are the, but the birds of the air and the birds of the air have their nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay down his head. He also said to them, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. However, Jesus gave his disciples a heavenly perspective, rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for great will your, your joy will be in heaven. Jesus made it clear to his disciples what they had to give up. When he sent them out to drive out demons, 
to preach and to heal. He equipped them with power and authority. He didn't equip them there with a big kit bag to take with them. Uh, we read they were sent with no staff, no bread, no money, no extra tunic or extra shirt. So they had to, they had to travel very light. They had to give up things. They had a very simple lifestyle, and they were dependent. They were dependent on God, and also they were dependent on other people. And that would not have been easy for self-sufficient uh, people who own their own fishing boats, have their own little businesses, or tax collectors to actually have to receive from others. Earlier in life, uh, Linda, uh, my wife, and I uh, worked in Tanzania with one of the mission organizations for uh, a number of years. And before we went, we had to visit various churches. And, we and people kept wanting to give us small gifts to help us before we went. We did not find that easy initially to accept gifts when it had been more the other way around. But... God was teaching us something. He also had a sense of humor. Because I went to Tanzania as a doctor, expecting to be doc doing mainly doctoring in a hospital, and there was plenty of that to be doing. But our Tanzanian doctor in charge, when he'd been there a little while, said he wanted me to lead for overseas fundraising because many resources were needed for the hospital, which were not available in Tanzania. So I finished off effectively writing begging letters that went around the, the world. The Lord blessed them. It was absolutely amazing, the funds that came in. But that's a different story for another day. So there is a cost in, in receiving as well as giving. Jesus taught his disciples other things that they needed to do, as well as the ministry of healing, casting out demons, etc., and that included some of the trickier things in life, such as loving their enemies, giving to anyone who asks, enormous challenges for the disciples and challenges for us today. So Jesus taught his disciples a great deal, but he made it very clear to them that they were to be following him, not just following his teaching. He emphasized that he was heading towards the cross, which meant death, and resurrection and immediately after that Jesus told them as we have on on the banner here and that if anyone would come after me must deny himself take up his cross daily and follow him and so it was the daily following of Jesus and in the first reading that Anne read to us this morning from Luke chapter 14, we have a very similar phrase, except the word daily is not there. The Romans had used crucifixion on a terrible, state, a terrible scale in the times of Jesus. Uh, it is said that there was a rebel called Judas the Galilean, um, and when his rebellion was put down, the Romans crucified some 2,000 people uh, on roadside crosses, and that was just a few miles away from Nazareth where Jesus was brought up and would have been very much in the memory of both the disciples and of the crowds, what it meant the way of the cross and those people had to carry the cross beams of the cross with them as they um, 
as they went towards crucifixion. So it was very clear what Jesus meant to them when he said, whoever does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be, be his disciples. I reread this old, very old, somewhat battered book by the late David Watson called Discipleship. And this book starts with a quote from the, the German theologian and pastor of the last century, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And Bonhoeffer wrote, when Christ calls a person, he bids them to come and die. It was certainly literally fulfilled for Bonhoeffer, who was martyred for his faith during the Second World War. Thankfully, we are not all called to martyrdom, but we are called to be disciples of Jesus, whatever the personal cross may be. It is said that when a person is nailed to the cross, they can not look backwards. They can only look forwards. And looking forwards means looking to Jesus. So a big reminder to us today, the basic meaning of carrying our cross is looking to Jesus. It is a phrase that has become used more widely in the English language to bear our cross. Looking in a dictionary, we read that it can be an unpainful or painful situation or person that you have to accept and deal with, although you find it difficult. And there is a sense of that as well as part of our cost of discipleship, what God may be calling us to in terms of relationships. So we come to Jesus addressing the crowd. And these are some of the bluntest words of Jesus that we will come across. He was telling them that they had to hate their family members and um, even themselves. We'll come back to the minute. That was one thing. They had to take up their cross, in other words, carry their torture implement with them. And thirdly, they had to give up their possessions. So you might wonder who on earth would actually want to be a disciple of Jesus under those circumstances. But if you're watching this online, do not switch off at this point. Um, Jesus wants all people to have faith and to trust, trust in him. But he didn't want people to be following him for the wrong reasons. And without a doubt, these crowds were following Jesus for the wrong reasons. They were expecting Jesus to be an earthly king, to throw out the Romans and set up a kingdom. And they were not looking to Jesus being their, their personal Lord and Savior. And it is interesting that we read later on that despite what Jesus had said to the crowds, Jesus appeared to 500 people after the resurrection and by the day of Pentecost, there were already 120 followers and those numbers rose very quickly when the Spirit came in power after Pentecost. But getting back to our reading, the illustrations that Jesus gave, he talked about counting the cost as well as there being a cost. He used the illustration of a tar, which would probably be a watchtower in a vineyard, aiming to get something like this on the screen. Not finishing up some, with something like that from the Lego at the end of our lounge from yesterday afternoon. 
And there are times in life when we do have to count the cost of following Jesus. Um, for example, I referred earlier to Linda and I going to Tanzania. And part of that cost was the family side. We, our, our eldest son, who was about to be 40, was then um, less than two years old. It meant taking him away from grandparents, some of whom did not have a Christian understanding. So there was a family cost and thinking and praying through of that. There was a career cost. I was advised that being out of the NHS for seven years or so would be very difficult to get a job as a hospital consultant when I came back. So it was a case of counting that cost and coming to terms with that. When I came back, um, a first interview was partly fulfilled what had been said to me. The, the main person in the interview kept coming back to the fact that I was age 36 and had been outside the NHS for seven years, so I didn't get the job. But they probably appointed a better person for that job. But within two years, I did get a consultant job at North Tees, survived that for 25 years, and... Um, hence standing here this morning. So God is no man's debtor, but sometimes it does help us to pray through the cost, particularly when the Lord is calling us to do new things, and it's great in the family of God, the fellowship of the church, when we can pray this thing, these things through with other people. If we feel a calling to do things, let's commit it to the Lord, pray ourselves, but ask others to pray and help us to discern the Lord's will so we really know the cost of discipleship is, is right. Secondly, he gave them the illustration of the, um, of the armies and making peace. Again, something we're thinking about very much at Europe. But we can just stretch this, that there is a cost of peace um, between other believers as well. We might not find other people in life or even in the church easy. We might find them to be difficult. But they might find us to be difficult too. And relationships in the church are so important and they do show the love of Jesus. And then thirdly, the illustration relating to salt. Sermons are preached on salt and light, so we won't go into that too much. Otherwise, everybody will go to sleep. But salt has a core purpose, and that is to be salty, to help people in um, a hot climate, not to be um, sodium depleted, to make our food tasty as well. So as believers, we do have our core function, people who trust in Jesus as Lord and Saviour, to show his love to others in this, in this world. So... What does it mean to us today, the cost of discipleship? And I would say three or four things as we go through the journey of life down the road that we might see there. Firstly, remaining focused on Jesus and following him each day, looking to him through for guidance, through the Bible, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, through the help of others. God may be calling us to change or give off, give our emphasis on our possessions and how we use them. He may be challenging us about our money, how we spend it and how we support others. 
Now, it said in a church it's difficult to remember last week's sermon. It's even more difficult to remember a sermon from three weeks ago, when, and in that, David Mundy referred to the, the, through the, um, the parable of the sower, where there are weeds or thorns, and they are relevant for us for the cost of discipleship. We may well have weeds or thorns. Just remind us, who can remind us what those weeds or thorns are? Go for it, Rob. You weren't here. Who was here three weeks ago? Weeds or thorns. Right. Material stuff. Cares of this world. So those are things as a part of the cost of discipleship. It might be easy when we're young, when we can get all our possessions in, in a mini. But as we get older, we can get burdened down by our possessions and material things. And we do need at times to be clearing out some clutter in our lives as part of the cost of discipleship. And also David talked about the rocks, things that have to be worked through as believers with others, keep praying about them, keep knowing the Lord's support. And that is the part, part of the cost of discipleship. And also, thirdly, God may be calling us to do things differently or in different ways. Uh, there may be costs in doing that, but there will be great blessings as well. And those blessings will include godly relationships with other people within the church and otherwise to be a witness for him. So those are for us personally. And then earlier in the sermon, we talked about other people in the wider world who are particularly suffering at the cost of discipleship. There may be some here today who are suffering from that cost. If so, come forward for prayer ministry afterwards. Let us pray with you. And, and help you to know the Lord's grace and his Holy Spirit through those costs. Let us remember to pray for children and young people who are suffering the costs of following Jesus and help them, and also for the wider world. Shall we finish with a prayer? We pray, Lord, that you will help us to follow you, go the way of the cross, to know you as our Lord and Saviour, guiding us and leading us each day. Give us your wisdom as we review our lives each day. Things to be reducing or stopping and new things to be taking up for you. Help us, we pray, Lord, to support one another as part of your family as we bear the cost of discipleship. And may we all know your joy, your encouragement, and your blessings. In your name, Lord, we pray. Amen.